0: Shalom Aleichem, shavato, to all of you great listeners of this beautiful uh, station, station that only beams Diveret Ora, Ore Orirut, Divre Musar, and religious music. This is Rabbi Albaz from SLC. I'm going to talk about Parashah Vayakhel. As you know, in the last... Uh, Three parashiot, with the exception of some parts in Kitisa, we're talking about the instructions on how to build the Mishkan. Parashat Va'Yikel is the actual uh, 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 doing, the making, the fabrication of the Mishkan. First, they had the instructions. Now they telling us how you know that everything was done properly. Now let me say this. If you look around in our neighborhood, or any place actually, whenever you go, you want to build a home, let's say, you take a, a builder, and you ask him, okay, how long is he going to take to build my home? I say, well, I can have it done in 12 months, no problem. And we hear this all the time. Is it going to be ready in 12 months? Most probably not. It's always a delay. Always a delay. And not only it's not being built on time, right? Not only it's delayed, it's certainly not or very hardly ever that it would be built ahead of time. Well, this, uh, there's an exception to this rule. And the exception was for the Mishkan. Akadosh Baruch Hu told them to build the Mishkan and it should be ready by the month of Nisan. Now, let's look at the chronology of things here. Moshe Rabbeinu came down on Yom Kippur, and after Akadosh Baruch told him, that he forgave uh, somewhat to the Bnei Israel about the sin of the Egel, and now the it's time to start building uh, the Mishkan. So the day after Yom Kippur, that's the 11th thing of Tishrei, he gave him all the instructions on how to build it and so on. And the next two days, uh, they were uh, bringing the materials in. And the next day, they made appointments for uh, the, the people who's going to build what. Betzalel was supposed to be the uh, uh, supervisor over everything, and they started the actual building on the fifteenth of Tishrei. It's supposed to be ready by Nisan. Why? Because Nisan is the month of the birth of Yitzchak Avinu. What's the connection? Where well, is Yitzchak Avinu? You know, Avraham is chesed. We know. Avraham is chesed. Is It's, it's the, the, uh, the, the symbol of chesed. Yitzchak is Avoda, And Yaakov is emet Torah. Tzitin emet liyaakov. So uh, Yitzchak is Avoda, And the mishkan is for what purpose? Of course, for the avodah. Worshipping Hashem by bringing the sacrifices, the Korban, not in the Mishkan. But what happened? They finished building the Mishkan three months ahead of time. Three months ahead of time. And uh, the Midrash says Hashem told uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, I'll take all the parts, put them in boxes, wait until Nisan, and then on Nisan, during the month of Nisan, that's when. You start building, you, you put it together. So here, here we have a um, something very special here. The Bnei Israel was so heaped up with the building of the Mishkan. They wanted to show to Baruch Hu how much they love him, how much they want to build something for him, giving all the materials. Anything that was required, they brought in and more. They brought even more than was required. Unbelievable. And not only that, but because of their excitement, because of their, their uh, 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 happiness and joy to build the Mishkan, they had what we call this, is they finished it very quickly. This is what we call Zerizut. There is, there's a midah called Zerizut, meaning promptness, swiftness, diligence in doing a mitzvah. The Ramchal says that every mitzvah, the beginning of a mitzvah, should have this middah of diligence, of Zerizut, of promptness. Why? Because if you don't, there's a good there's a chance that hey, if you take a laid back attitude and you know you are lazy about it, then make it a good chance it's not gonna be done. Like it says, mitzvah habaali al sana. When there is a mitzvah right in front of you, don't delay it. Go ahead and do it. Start on it quickly. You know, this is like uh, would they give a, a, an example uh, the people, uh, a boat that's uh, sailing and there's Ruah Asiana, a big storm and all of a sudden one of the passengers is thrown overboard so he's in the water and the captain runs and he throws him a rope and he says to him quick, quick, quick hold on to the rope for your life it's the only way you're going to live the rope is our mitzvot and we have to do it quickly Hold on to them, because that is our salvation. The mitzvot. You know, in our parasha, it says over there, hebiu et The nisi'im, the leaders, they brought the uh, precious stones. Precious stones. And the stones that they had to put in also on the khoshen, Oh, It's ex- very extremely expensive. Right? Yet, the Midrash criticizes the leaders. And the Yud of the Nisi'im was dropped. What happened? What's the criticism involved here? What did they do? They said, "Here's what happened. When they were collecting materials for the uh, building of the Mishkan, the, the asked the Nisi'im, okay, you know, how about you contribute? He said, oh, you know what? Let all the people contribute first. And whatever is missing, we'll, we'll put it in, we'll bring it in. Now, normally, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you would think so, right? I mean, if someone is building a synagogue, and then you go over to him and say, you know what? Make some kind of an appeal. And whatever you get, I'll supply the rest. What do you need, $10 million to build? Okay, you get $5 million, I'll supply the $5 million. You get $2 million, I'll supply the $8 million. Hey, that's great. You're guaranteed that you're going to be building the synagogue. But however, what the problem here is, the contributions were even more than required so that the Neseim didn't have to, didn't have to contribute to the actual construction of the Mishkan. There was a lack of the midah of Zerizut. Zerizut means you don't wait. Because they waited, didn't get a chance to participate in the construction of the Mishkan. So they did bring something, but that was something not for the construction itself, but for the Kohen, the Kohen Gadol, the precious stone. They were valuable, I agree, very, very valuable. But they missed out on the construction. Now, the Israel Midrash about David Melech, as you know, David Melech during his lifetime, was very much different than during the lifetime of Shilomo Melech. In, in the time of Shlomo HaMelech, it was peaceful. There was prosperity. People, uh, the, the economy was great. Uh, there were no wars. Uh, Shlomo HaMelech, uh, his his uh, kingship was not uh, threatened. Uh, he had uh, friends from uh, from from outside also. He was friendly with nations all around. There was peace. There was there was bliss. And, and uh, uh, everybody lived in, in very nicely, almost like a, a ge'ulah time, almost me'en Alamaba. But during the, the reign of David Amelech was different. Unfortunately, there were a lot of wars. Uh, he, even his own kingship was threatened uh, by, by Abshalom, his own son threatened. He actually dethroned him. And he has to come back later back to the throne. Uh, Shaul HaMelech was after him for a long time. So he didn't have such a, an easy uh, life while he was a king. So, but one thing, David HaMelech was a very, very pious man. Shamirana, Hasid Ani Sadiq. He wanted badly to build the Beit HaMikdash. He wanted to build it. He complained to Natana Navi. Look, I'm sitting in, in a palace, and the Aruna is is in a tent. No good. I want to build a bitamikdash. I want to put something nice and beautiful. So Natana Navi says, Well, he heard uh, David a like that. He says, Well, do what do you want? Fine. That's like a go ahead. Natan and Navi walks out and that same night Hashem appeared to him. He told him, go back to David and Melech and tell him that he is not going to build the Bet HaMikdash. His son will be building the Bet HaMikdash. Now, Hashem appeared to Natan and at night. Hashem does not appear to Navi at night, only during the day how come why couldn't hashem wait until the next morning to tell him go back it was the same same time right say same night right there and then you know why but there's a good chance that if david america was given the go ahead at eight o'clock at night that same night david Melech would go around and getting people maybe a hundred people 200 people, whatever necessary to start the building of the Mishkan. That's Zerizut. That is Zerizut. David HaMelech would not wait on it. That's why Hashem told Nathan go right away. Tell him, no, it's not him. It's his son. So We see many times our uh, great leaders, how they uh, go around when there's a mitzvah, how they go about doing a mitzvah. How they, they are they extremely prompt with never taking a laid-back attitude. When the three guests appeared to Abraham Avinu, well, they, they, they appeared, they were malachim but they appeared like uh, just regular wayfarers. And Abraham Avinu was taking care of them. He says to them, "It says over there, in the Pasuk, pasuk, 'Vaymaher Abraham haOheila Elsara.' Abraham Avinu quickly, vaymaher, quickly went to the tent, Sarah. Vayomer he says, Mahari, quick! Shilosh seim kema lushi vaaseh. Oh go, go quickly, take, take flour.'" And start making, you know, start baking. And then it says, Abraham, Abraham Avinu ran. It didn't say halakh. It said Rats. He ran to get the, the cattle to the cattle. It's something for them to eat. This is something uh, that is very special. The midah of zerizut. In doing a mitzvah. When Hashem told Abraham Avinu to take his son Isaac and to go ahead and sacrifice him, he did not take a laid back attitude. This is his own son. But got up early. Hashem told me, I gotta go. I have to do it. I'm not gonna wait until the afternoon. I do it right away. Early in the morning. You know, it's unfortunate that Many of us, when it comes to certain mitzvot, we take a very laid-back attitude. Oh, it's okay. I'll do it later. You know, I'll do it then. Fine. yalla. That is not the way. I especially, I, I I notice in in the cases in case of uh, people coming to the synagogue uh, on Shabbat. I want to give you an anecdote about that. Some kind of a mashal, which I think was said by uh, <laughs> He compared the coming to the prayer to the coming of a wedding. How's that? Okay. Let's say a couple's getting married. They send out 500 invitations, okay? And the wedding is a certain day, eight o'clock in the evening. What? Now we see that the the close, the members of the family who are close to the Hattan Kala. They don't come eight o'clock. They come before that. Maybe maybe an hour before, maybe a half hour before. That's the close that's the, the members of the family. We really close. The cousins Well, they may come nine. Maybe at nine o'clock, maybe an hour later. The close friends, 9.30, maybe there. The occasional friend, the one that once in a while, he meets in the street, say, hello, how are you? Oh, they'll come just for the chupa. They'll come to the chupa, and then after the chupa, they go away. And then there are those who come just the same as Zaltov and as they, psh, they go right back out. He says it's unfortunate but that's the same thing what's happening in the synagogue. The midah of Zerizut is telling us how much a person is close to HaKadosh How much he clings to Hashem. Dvikut Hashem. Those They are very close, like brothers and sisters of the Hatan. They are very close. If the prayers start 8.15, they'll come 8 o'clock. Not 8.15, they'll come earlier. Those are like the cousins. Uh, Maybe 8.30, quarter to 9. The friends. 9 o'clock, 9.15 the occasional friends, they'll come in late, they'll sit for 15 minutes gabbing with the people, and they'll run right out. Rabotai, we should learn that when it comes to doing a mitzvah, especially mitzvah the prayer, this is what connects us to HaKadosh This is where we have a chance to ask from Hashem what we need at the same time, we say we say praises to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's so important. One at least when we come in, come in on time. You don't want to come in earlier. At least come on time, so you have a chance to be shuvdat, sit down, and start the prayer from beginning to the end. So you don't get uh, you don't get uh, uh, confused. That's, that's the thing. Now, because of this zerizut, because of this swiftness and promptness and excitement that the Bnei Israel had to build the Mishkan, perhaps because of that, the Torah, the Parasha Vayakel, starts with Shabbat. Vayakel Moshe el Kol Adat Yisrael. Before even tell, start telling about the construction of the Mishkan. First, a couple of of Pesukim about Shabbat. That six days, the work shall be done. The seventh day, rest. Perhaps because they were so excited that they wanted to build this. Maybe in their mind, they would think, well, the mishkan is for the Avodah. In the Avodah, there were many things that were done on Shabbat. You know, fires were done. Shehita was done. Many other things were done on Shabbat. So perhaps we can build the Mishkan on Shabbat. Comes Moshe Rabbeinu and says, No way. Shabbat Hashem No, no, you can work. Six days, but now the seventh you can't. Shabbat, you cannot work in the Mishkan either. At the same time, there is a connection between Shabbat and the Mishkan actually a very strong connection. From the Mishkan, we learn what melachot, what types of activities, what types of work that is prohibited on Shabbat. All the melachot, 39 and all, that were done during for the fabrication of the Mishkan, those are the ones that are also uh, asur, prohibited on Shabbat. Very interesting. So the exact ones, and nothing can override the Shabbat, with the exception of, as the Ramban says, pikuach nefesh and brit milah. This is it says. Oh, it, it, the uh, the Ramban was saying that uh, the, actually the Ramam says pikuach nefesh because he uh, gives uh, some kind of a logical reason. Uh, that hey, let 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 be mehalin one Shabbat for this man, and then he'll he'll get better so that he can actually uh, keep many many other Shabbatot afterwards. Uh, when it says in the Shabbat, the word Ach is like a mi'ut, it excludes something. In other words, we keep the Shabbat, but Ach uh, there is something that you don't have to. What is that? And the Ramban says that it's Piku and the Brit Milah. Brit Milah is so important that it is equated with Piku nefesh. Very interesting. Another thing is that uh, this Mitzvah of Shabbat is very special in that an, a Gentile cannot participate. In other words, a Gentile cannot keep the Shabbat for the sake of keeping the Shabbat. And if he does, well, he could be sentenced to execution. He can't do it. If he just wants to sleep on his own, uh, happens to be a day that he doesn't work, he wants to sleep, that doesn't matter. We're talking that he actually wants to keep the Shabbat. Not supposed to. Now I heard a nice, interesting little story about a couple in Eretz Israel who were not religious at all. Hilunim. and they wanted to make the Shuva they wanted to become religious so many organizations in Israel what they call Kiruv organizations and they go there and they try to teach them little by little they came to the point of Shabbat so you know Shabbat you have to keep the Shabbat you can't work you can't do this you can't do that that's the Shabbat. So the husband didn't have a problem, but the wife had a big problem. Every Shabbat, she had a tremendous uh, 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 desire to smoke on Shabbat, and she couldn't. She couldn't get away. She, she couldn't do anything about it. She just had to. And what uh, during the week she didn't have that. Well, on Shabbat, the minute Shabbat comes, she just couldn't do it. She had, she had to have that cigarette. Now they couldn't understand that. They went to Rabbi Yashiv. Rabbi Yashiv told them, "Listen, you know what? Go. Very smart thing he said. Go and investigate the lineage, the pedigree. In other words." Uh, the ancestry of, of the lady. And they went ahead. And they investigated. And they found out that her mother was Jewish, her grandmother was Jewish, but her great-grandmother was not Jewish. She was a goya. Ah. So now they went back to Rabbi Yashiv and he said to her, you see, Akadosh Baruch gave her that urge, that strong urge for the cigarette on Shabbat, because a Gentile is not allowed to keep the Shabbat for the, for, for the actual purpose of keeping the Shabbat. She was a descendant of a Goya from the mother's side, so she was a Goya. And that's why she converted. Once they converted her, and that was the ayah, once she was converted. And became Jewish. That urge for smoking. Wasn't there any longer. It's gone. They know. They have like a, a, a sixth sense. And they understand certain things. That a regular person. May not understand. But this is a Shabbat. is very special thing. The prayers on the Shabbat should be really done uh, in the right way from the beginning to the end. The midah of Zerizut is something very important. In every mitzvah that we do, you take a laid-back attitude, there's a good chance it's not going to be done. Therefore, do like Abraham Avinu. Ba Abraham Abraham. Whenever a mitzvah comes, into your hands. Try your best to do it as soon as possible. Rabutai, again, I wanna remind you about this great station. I want you to help as much as you can. Very important to keep this station going. It does a lot of good, a lot of benefit, both for the young and the old. With a man, woman, I know some people, they get up in the morning, put on the radio, on route, they just keep it all day long. And they like it. Not only for the, uh, uh, the Vrit Torah that they have, also the music, which is beautiful. Uh, also, I want to remind you again that uh, our social hall is ready now. It's really stunning. It would behoove you to come just to visit it because it's beautiful. If you have a simha, regardless of the type of the simha you have, Please come. I'm sure we'll accommodate you properly. Miss